There are dire warnings that New South Wales will be hit by increasingly extreme weather. 2015 was the hottest year since climate records began. Your show this July was the single hottest month in recorded history. Australia sweltered through its hottest spring on record. Climate change is now affecting every country on every continent. It's the rate that's a great concern. And what do you put that rate down to? Oh, it's human activity. We have everything we need. Some still doubt that we have the will to act. But I say the will to act is itself a renewable resource. Hello. Thank you for tuning in to this bonus episode of Climactic, the podcast network by and for Australia's climate community. My name is Mark, and I'm the publisher of Climactic, and I'm out for my morning walk. What comes after this short introduction by me is one of the most sonically beautiful, richly blended tapestries of climate communications and audio I've ever heard. So I knew I was never going to be able to compete (laughs) with that quality if I introduced this in my home office at my, my proper mic. So I'm just recording this into my phone into the voicemail feature of Climactic.fm. This is where you, the audience, the community, can send us messages. We can actually hear directly from you in such an easy way. That's going to come into play later in the episode. At the end, you'll hear me again telling you how to do that again and also sharing a story of my own in the same way. So what you're about to hear is a part of the Endgame podcast project. This is from Kyla Brettel and Rob Law coming from Castle, Maine, which is in sort of northwest of Melbourne, but central Victoria. It's a hyper-local look at the community there, how they're taking climate action, but also how they're coping with climate reality. And I've already said it, but it's worth saying again, it's, it's a shockingly good audio project. And I'm so humbled and grateful to get to share it with you today. So this episode, Everything You Hold Dear, is coming at you right now. Enjoy. Uh, hi, my name is Melanie Scaife. I work as a writer and editor and I've been writing and editing content about climate change for more than 10 years. And a while back, our local council were calling for submissions um, on whether or not they should declare a climate emergency. Melanie, uh, I'll give you a warning at the four minute mark, which means you've got one minute left to speak. You'll hear the bell go off. Okay. And this is what I wrote. To be a good editor, You need to fully understand the meaning of the content you're working with so that you can make this meaning crystal clear for the reader. And for the past few years, the material I've worked with has ranged from the climate change impacts on whale habitats in Antarctica for WWF to reports about the consequences of climate change for communities in the Asia-Pacific region for the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. What shifts you from being intellectually aware of something and then it, it going deeper? I work in communications. I would love it if I could manipulate that moment. But I actually don't think you can. I think it's really a personal moment that can't be manipulated. I won't go into the horrors of what I've had to read, but as one of the climate scientists I've worked with closely has said... I wish I didn't know what I know, but she does know, as do I. There's the intellectual, kind of conceptual, abstract idea, and then there's this 
head crack. The gut-wrenching, emotional moment. And once you've had that moment, there's no turning back because you get it. You feel it in your guts and it's terrifying. And as a mother, and you just want to protect your child. And this is all mother of, of threats to your child. This is something you can't just stand out, let it, let it go. You've got to rise up and do something. Got your goggles, mum's bathers. Which towel did you want, Frankie? Yellow. Yellow? And mummy, you can have red. Foxy can have his little ones. Excellent. So one for you, one for me, one for Foxy. My own kind of head-cracking moment <laughs> is kind of a bit random, but it happened. Bathers. What else do we need? Two years ago, two summers ago, you know, in Castlemaine, Malden, it was really hot. It was a really hot summer uncharacteristically hot and I kind of felt just felt wrong and this particular day I was with my daughter Frankie at the swimming pool I'd taken her for a swim and then we we got home and the power was out and I I saw my partner Alan he opened the door and he was beetroot red it felt like 50 degrees in the house we live in a typical kind of ramshackle miners cottage you know you can see daylight through the weatherboards and at that time my daughter she didn't sleep well and it was time for her nap and I couldn't have her sleep at home because it was an oven. So I thought, well, look, all I can do, the power's out, I can't even put a fan on, I'm going to have to pop her in the car and drive around while she has a nap. So I popped her in the car and I drove around aimlessly for two hours while she napped. And really became aware of the driving and of the emissions and that I was adding to the problem. I finally got it. And that's the day that everything changed for me. I could see this is our future. This is, this is real. And, you know, fast forward to, to today or to the moment where I presented to the Mount Alexander Shire Council, urging them to declare a climate emergency, everything's kind of changed. This is why I am here, as a mum who loves her daughter and is terrified for her future. And I can assure you I'm not alone. I meet with other mothers and fathers in the playgrounds, in the cafes, in the library, as we care for our children. And we're, we're brave enough, we'll talk about what's happening and our desperate fears for our children's future. Well, I went crazy, really. I just, I, I said, we're, we're getting solar panels. I, I appreciate not everyone can just run out and get solar panels. It's a, it's a fair investment. But off we went. We <laughs> got solar panels. I investigated my super and was horrified to see that the super I had 
they were invested in mining companies. They had shares in Murdoch Press. You know, horrors, horrors. <laughs> we should got rid of that one. Um, I just kind of ramped up my donations to these organisations out there doing amazing work like the Climate Council, like Market Forces. I also kind of uncharacteristically joined a community group, climate action group. I'm not, I'm not a group player normally. I've never gone to marches before. I've not been a, someone that has ever wanted to do that, but I've been to, I don't know, four or five climate marches since that head-cracking moment. We were already doing kind of the composting thing, and you know, but I, I started religiously kind of recycling the soft plastics and, yes, the keep cups and all those kind of little things that you can do, but as I said in, in the piece I wrote, but we know in our hearts that this isn't enough and we despair when we see state and federal governments failing to keep us safe, compromised as they are by vested interests, namely the fossil fuel industry. And our vested interest is our children. I've got my seatbelt. Well, I hope you have. Be bad if you didn't, Frankie. But Foxy hasn't got his seatbelt. Well, you're his seatbelt. You need to really hang on to him. It's your job to look after Foxy. It's my job to look after you. I guess I'll, I'll look at something and think, well, what can I do really as, a, as a, a coping mechanism because otherwise I would just slip into despair or, or depression. Um, I mean, I think the truth is I, I can't protect my child actually from climate change by myself. <laughs> um, but I still want to, you know, you'd like to think that if, if, if we all do our bit, if we all join together, then we've got a chance. So anyway, I really kind of interrogated my life and looked at everything I could actually do. Uh, and then, yeah, up until this point where there was the climate change submission opportunity with the council, so I wrote my bit. And, yeah, here we are now. We need you, our council, to declare a climate emergency because the decisions you make now will affect our children's lives by declaring a climate emergency, you are showing us that you recognise the catastrophic changes to the world's climate happening right now are being caused by human activity and resulting in a loss of a safe climate, which threatens all life on Earth. So thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to you. I really, really appreciate it. And, and I sincerely hope that you do declare a climate emergency and formulate a response. Thank you. Thanks very much, Melanie. Councillors, questions? It's the enormity of it because everything, everything that you hold dear, everything that you love is threatened by this. It's kind of all-encompassing.
it, I mean, it completely undermines our reality. It, it just, it, doesn't it? That, that, you know, we're potentially facing extinction. It's quite mind-blowing. Wow. I can hear the sea. I can look at my daughter and burst into tears if I think about the future. If I just slap myself in the face and bring it back to right now, it's just full of joy. I guess it's learning how to kind of learn how to manage yourself, I guess, with this. I'm still on that journey and I, I fully admit that I'm, I've got a lot of work to do there, uh, you know, because I, I do, I can end up in that despair mindset and that's not helpful so yeah there's a lot to be grateful for and and there's a lot to be done (laughs) Frankie I'm just running your bar so if you did want to watch one last show this is your moment just telling you okay well this is it because bath time's about to happen Pepper and Georgia going to the seaside existential kind of dread is there it's not like i'm living and breathing at every moment it you can kind of shift around in your head just tell me if it's too um warm i think it's pretty good what do you think i started searching for hope for solace wisdom uh, and went on this journey of reading lots of different books not necessarily specifically about climate change a lot of people that talk about hope and what that means in terms of active hope where you actually don't maybe know what the outcome is going to be but you're going to give it your best shot anyway. You know, you just you don't give up. And there's that beautiful quote, pessimism of the intellect but the optimism of the will. And that's what I am. I, I am probably pessimistic intellectually but I'm going to fight with all I've got um, regardless. See, Foxy's already for bed. He's already tucked in. What is helpful is staying with the trouble that we have now. What's happening right before your eyes that you can get your hands on, that's really grounding. But it is still unknown, it is still not written. Everything we're doing now, what we do in the moment, right now, can influence that faraway future. And it is worth staying present. So, welcome to Nonsense Land. You may have heard of it. It's where the trees are red and the grass is blue. (laughs) Where dogs wear hats and birds fly backwards. Where some trees are red. Yeah, it's true. You can get um, trees with red leaves. And this is where little Miss Dotty lived in the middle of... Sure. Okay, everything's a bit broken. You know, everything is feels like it's going in the wrong direction, but the world is still beautiful. Again, that idea about, yeah, bringing it back to the moment and thinking how lucky we are to be here. <laughs> Pop your feet under the blankets. <laughs> when I was a girl at school, I, I asked my teacher... Watch it, I try. 
Should I paint pictures? Should I sing songs? He was a wise boy. Okay. Thank you for listening to Everything You Hold Dear, co-produced by Kyla Brettle and Rob Law for endgamepodcast.net. Hi, my name's Kyla Brettle and I work on a show called Endgame Podcast. (laughs) Am I crazy? No, I don't think I am. I don't think other people are either. I think it's just very... I'm wanting to ask you if you or anyone else you know has undergone one of those definable moments when they've shifted from having an intellectual understanding of climate change... Kind of conceptual, abstract idea... To really connecting with the issue emotionally, like on a gut level, like a head crack. I really understand what climate change means. I mean, it completely undermines our reality and it's terrifying. If this is you or anyone you know, uh, please come to our website and share your story and help us make something really beautiful out of this. Endgamepodcast.net. Hope to see you there. Bye. If you were touched by Mel's story and felt it resonate with one of your own, we'd love to help you share that with Kyla, with Rob, and your story too can be heard on Endgame. Just go to climactic.com.au or climactic.fm. Both go to the same place. Hit the microphone icon in the bottom right, just like I'm doing now, and record a message up to 120 seconds right on your phone. That'll then immediately send us an email, which we'll pass on to Kyla and Rob. Or go to endgamepodcast.net. Look out for their post about sharing your own story of your head crack moment. That really resonated with me. You know, I've done a few interviews now, and I've asked the question, did you have a light bulb moment? Was there, was there a particular moment in hindsight that made you change course? Um, what I should have been asking was, was there a moment where the head knowledge made that connection to being your heart knowledge where you felt it in your guts the this episode did such a good job of talking to that and um for myself to share quickly it was for me watching the film before the flood i believe in about 2017 the documentary sort of famously uh, starring or led by leonardo dicaprio but um it was probably about 2017 and just seeing the starkness of the images of the Alberta tar sand fields in northern Canada, 
looking like a moonscape. I am. I don't didn't sleep well for the rest of the week. And that was my moment. So share this episode. We'd love to get a wide variety of stories sent into Endgame. I know they're going to do amazing work with what they receive. If this has inspired you to send in a story, it really is as easy as that. Either go to endgamepodcast.net or just go to climactic.fm and hit the microphone to send in a story. Thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode. Thank you for joining us midweek. For the whole month of February, we're releasing a mini-series from the University of Technology Sydney, their Impact Studios, called UTS for Climate. And that's a series of interviews conducted by Bob Carr, former New South Wales Premier, and they're amazing. So be sure to catch all of those. But there's also a bunch of other stuff happening on the Climactic Network, and uh, soon I look forward to be sharing promos with you for a whole bunch of returning shows for 2021. If you find yourself lacking for climate-engaged audio, just come along to Climactic.fm and uh, we'll have something for you. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks for spreading the word. And stay safe and take care of each other in these climactic times. The Climactic Collective The Climactic Collective This show is produced by Hear Media, a boutique audio agency in Narm, Melbourne. To learn more and get in touch, head to hearmedia.studio. That's H-E-R-E media.studio.